the Gospel of Mark, chapter 6. I'll turn your attention there and read a few verses. Mark chapter 6 and verse 1, he went out from thence and came into his own country and his disciples follow him. And when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue and many hearing him were astonished, saying, from whence hath this man these things? And what wisdom is this which is given unto him that even such mighty works are wrought by his hands is not this the carpenter the son of Mary the brother of James and Joseph and of Judah and Simon and are not his sisters here with us and they were offended at him but Jesus said unto them, A prophet is not without honor, but in his own country, and among his own kin, and in his own house. And he could there do no mighty work, save that he laid his hands upon a few sick folk and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. And he marveled because of their unbelief. John chapter 1 verse 45 and 6. 45 and 46. Philip findeth Nathanael and saith unto him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said unto him can there any good thing come out of Nazareth Philip saith unto him come and see can there any good thing come out of Nazareth and Jesus went into his his own town the town of Nazareth and he could there do no mighty work save that he laid his hands on a few sick folk and healed them and he marveled at their unbelief. I want to talk to you this morning about Jesus of Nazareth. Father, we thank you for your power and your goodness that we feel in this place. You, Lord, are worthy of every accolade and every exaltation, every word of praise we give to you this morning. Our words are limited because you are so much greater than our words and our praise and our description of you. But Lord, I pray that you would bring every mind together and let the sovereign power of your spirit, let it move in this place. And I pray, Lord, in Jesus' name, that your great anointing, Lord, would arrest us in this sanctuary today. That for somebody in this place that would make up in their mind to believe, beyond everything that would come against them. That this would be a day of remembrance. That this would not just be another service here today, but that the hand of the Lord would do something miraculous in their life, in their spirit, in their heart, 
In the name of Jesus, we pray. Would you clap your hands unto the Lord and would you give the Lord a great shout of praise this morning and let him know that you are thankful to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Praise God and you may be seated. We are defined by our reputation. Many times we are defined by people that we have never met before because of what they have heard about us. And people develop opinions about us and perceptions about us based on what somebody else said about us. Before we ever shake hands and meet, sometimes people will say, I'm pleased to meet you. Your reputation precedes you. That always makes me a little nervous. Because by and large, there is a good portion of your reputation that is going to be based on who is talking about you. <laughs> and so it really most times is not the exact representation of who you are, but it is the representation of somebody's perception of who you are. Nonetheless, that's the way the world works. We are defined by that. People, people develop this image about us. They, they put us out there and they view us. And then everything that we say and do, everything we wear, the places we go, the people we hang out with, everything is, is put through that filter of that perception about us based on what somebody else has said about us. Woe be unto you if the wrong person gets a hold of a fragment of a piece of information about you and decides to tell three or four people and those people tell two or three and those people tell 50 or 60. <laughs> and it multiplies because we are defined by our reputation. Now sadly in the kingdom of God it is difficult to receive things from the Lord through a person that we do not ha have the proper perception of or that we have a negative opinion of or that we heard that they may have been associated with somebody that may have done something 15 years ago and we really don't know what the outcome of that was and so that person becomes labeled with us, this other person and then the person that God is trying to use is limited. God is limited in what he wants to do in somebody else's life based on our perception of the person that God is moving through. Now that's, that's whether they're preaching a message or laying hands on someone or praying from someone. We, we don't want somebody laying hands on us that we don't have a positive perception of. Now, it doesn't matter. You're back. Now, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Don't start that. It doesn't matter that it is the God in them that is doing the work. 
So therefore, God becomes limited by our perception of the reputation that we have formed for somebody else in the kingdom of God. Now, imagine that multiplied by millions of people across the world in the kingdom of God. And imagine how many things that God is not able to do because it has to come through the exact right person at the exact right time. And we have to feel good about them at that very moment or we cannot receive from the Lord. Because if you don't have a positive perception about a person's reputation then you don't have faith in them and your, your lack of faith in them limits your faith in God and God is limited by a lack of faith. Am I making sense here this morning? It's a, it's a very, I, why the Lord put this treasure in earthen vessels and allowed us the latitude to limit his power based on our perception of other people is beyond me. Somehow through all of this, God manages to work. But let me go a little step further and let me just say this. If you have a positive perception of someone, they have the highest level of reputation. You have 100% confidence about them and you see them as a person that is greatly anointed of God and they are full of faith and they are full of the power of God and the spirit of God is flowing through them. But you spend, the more time you spend around them, you begin to see their little imperfections. You begin to see them as just another person. They're anointed, but they're no different than I am. They're no different than somebody else's. I once thought that they were a deeply spiritual person, but I heard them make a carnal statement the other day. And so our opinion through familiarity begins to lower based on what we believe around about them because we have spent more time around them. Am I making sense here today? This is what was going on with Jesus. They had not seen this side of Jesus. And they had spent 30 years around him, and they had been in the same town, the same community. It was not a large city. It was a small village, and they, they saw him as an apprentice around the carpenter shop, and they knew his parents. And, and, and woe be unto us if our parents then do things that kind of send a ripple of negativity through the community because now we are identified with our parents' mistakes and now the perception of people toward us, we begin to identify with what mom did 30 years ago or, or dad said 25 years ago or the broken relationship he had with so, so-and-so and now the alliance is broken and we cannot, and Jesus the opinion of Jesus in Nazareth was lower and lower the more time that he spent. Now, the Bible said that he walked into the, to the synagogue and he began to read from the Holy Scripture as was his custom. This was not the first time that Jesus had stood up in the synagogue and began to read that passage of Scripture in Isaiah, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he hath anointed me to open the eyes of the blind and so forth and preach the acceptable year of the Lord. But he turned around to him this day and he said, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. Now Jesus had only been gone from Nazareth but a short time. Surely a ministry can't be born that quickly. I mean, we've got to let people have 30 years experience before we start respecting their ministry. Never mind the fact that the God of the universe called them. 
And the God of the universe anointed them and put his apostolic authority on them. It doesn't take very long to launch a ministry because when the timing of God comes, the Lord begins to flow through individuals in a measure that maybe we have not seen it flow through them before. But if we're not careful, we will allow our perception of the vessel to limit what God is doing through them for us. It's a conundrum. It's a, it's a problem that we human beings, we face it. We face it all the time. We're, we're, ready, we're ready to feel something. We want to feel something. We want, well, how much have they been praying this week? And how, how, how much have they been fasting this week? And I, I, I don't know what's their attitude been like. And I don't, I'm not sure I want them laying hands on them. Somewhere along the way, there has to be something in us that gets our eyes off of people. And stop nitpicking everybody's flaw and imperfection and every little thing uh, that they do wrong. And look at the God on the inside of them. Uh, and say, my faith is going to reach for the God uh, on the inside of them so that he can do a work in my life today. Clap your hands if you believe that. What a what a what a terrible plight that they put themselves in. Nazareth was a was kind of a, a strange place anyway. And some say it sat up on a hill and some say it sat down in a basin or a bowl or a cup or a low place there and and they, they have trouble locating a little bit the the, uh, the ancient location of Nazareth because there's a modern day Laz, uh, Nazareth and there is an ancient Nazareth and there's a lot of different opinions about it. But every indication of historians and archaeologists say that, that it sat in a low place, that they, they really were kind of a community that stayed to itself. They were, they were ones that were locked in by their own small viewpoint and their own uh, small ideologies, and they, and they didn't get out much. And there wasn't a whole lot of commerce that came in and, and went out of there because there was only one way in and one way out. So you didn't really pass by Nazareth. You had to be going to Nazareth. And so Nazareth didn't get a whole lot of guests coming to town and they didn't have a whole lot of people that were traveling the countryside and when you get locked into that kind of small community mindset it limits what God can do in your life because now we know everybody we know all the bad stuff we know all the negativity and here is the God of heaven and earth that has robed himself in flesh and he's living among them for 30 years. And they don't even know who he is. They've forgotten about the wise men that came from afar. And the shepherds that came bearing. And the, and the men that came bearing gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. They forgot about what happened in Bethlehem uh, not too far away. And the star that was in the sky that the wise men followed. They forgot about the edict and the decree that Herod ordered. And said I'm going to kill every firstborn male because I have heard that the Christ child is born in the city somewhere nearby here. They forgot about all that. And they let Jesus grow up among them. And they reduced him to someone that was no better than they were. And so when God got ready to do what he really wanted to do in their life, they said, I don't know if it needs to come out of him. I'm not sure that we respect him enough to be, for him 
him to be talking to us like that. Somewhere along the way, we've got to get rid of our familiarity with Jesus and our unbelief not only in him, but in one another. And we've got to get to a place where we say, I need you to do a sovereign work in my life. I need the power of God to move on me. Oh, somebody praise him right now. Somebody praise him right now. Hallelujah. We've got to let people have a ministry. We've got to let people's giftings be unlocked. We've we got to let God use people. Well, he can't use them like that. I, I've been in this thing longer than they have. They, God can't do that through them, right? I mean, we know his parents. We, we know them that, you know, he's got siblings here. Right? He can't be rising to a place of spiritual authority like that. And that's what was going on with Jesus. And even God in flesh said, I can't do really what I want to do here. Flesh limits the power and the move of God in your life, it will limit the flow of the Spirit in your life. You cannot keep Jesus in Nazareth forever. You cannot just keep him as part of the community forever. Somehow or another, he's got, you got to bring him out of Nazareth and you got to put him on the throne where he deserves to be put. Somehow you gotta you gotta quit reducing him to, to, to the level of a physician and saying, well, he's you know he's really not better than the physician. Yeah, he is because he is a great physician. And I'm not against doctors, but what I will tell you is, I've never seen a doctor with stripes on his back. I've never seen a physician with spikes in his hand and his wrist. I've never seen a physician with a crown of thorns on his head he is the greatest healer and he's the healing oh hallelujah I feel something getting ready to move in here now we define Jesus by his reputation and this is how we define Jesus by his reputation we believe in him based on what somebody told us about him We allow a reputation of God. We allow a reputation of Jesus and a perception of Jesus to be developed in us based on what somebody else said about him. I, I, I know that sounds a little strange, so let me give you an example. Somebody you grew up around didn't get their miracle. So they said, you know what, I prayed that didn't work. I, I went to church, they laid hands on me. That stuff didn't work for me. You went to some church somewhere where some preacher got up and said the day of miracles is over. You, you grew up around somebody that said, I believe that all my life and God's never done a miracle in my life. And there is a perception of God that develops in us. We, we believe in what, what somebody else is saying about, as a matter of fact, we believe what the devil says about God. 
Because every time we begin to believe there is something that comes up in our spirit uh, that says don't step out too far. You're going to make a fool of yourself. God's going to leave you hanging. Uh, That stuff don't really work like it did in the Bible. Those days of supernatural experience are over. You got married to somebody. You were dating somebody. You had a friend uh, in some community somewhere that began to talk down the things of God and began to talk down the church uh, and began to talk down the pulpit. uh, But you cannot let somebody else's skewed perception of God skew your perception of God you cannot let their unbelief become your unbelief you've got to get a hold of something you've got to let their faith right out I'm telling you somebody in the Holy Ghost right now has got to get a hold of some faith in this place right now and bring Jesus out of Nazareth and put him on the throne Somebody praise him right now. Now let me tell you about the Jesus I know. The Jesus I know is the friend that sticks closer than a brother. So when all your friends are gone, Jesus is still going to be there. But the only way you're going to know him as that friend uh, is to be in that place and realize that he will never leave you uh, nor forsake you, but he will go with you uh, even until the ends of the earth. Let me tell you about the Jesus I know. He cares about the poor. He cares about the widow. He cares about the broken. He cares about those that are on the brink of giving up. He cares about the backslider. He cares about the alcoholic. He's not going to let you down. The Jesus I know is faithful. The only way you're going to know him is faithful. Is to, is to go through a storm and know uh, that Jesus is going to be with you uh, through it all. Yeah. Yeah. Can any good come out of Nazareth? Come and see. Can God do a miracle for you this morning? Come and see. Nicodemus came to Jesus by night and he said we know that thou art a teacher come from God for no man can do these works that you're doing except God be with him what he was saying was I've heard what this one said about you help me preach right now I've heard what they said about you I heard what the Pharisees said I heard what the Sadducees said but there's something in you that's of God and I've come to find out what it is The only way you're going to get Jesus out of Nazareth is for you to see it for yourself, for you to find it for yourself. I got more to preach, but I dare somebody right now 
to push back all the perception that somebody's blinded you with. Push aside all the negativity that's been in your spirit and say, I need to find it for myself. I need to know it for myself. Oh, come on. Come on, I'm not going to get there. It's here right now. It's here right now. I dare you to come out of your seat. I dare you to run down to the front of this building and say, Jesus, you're more than a carpenter. You're more than a fellow citizen. You're more than what somebody else said. You're the God of the universe. You're the God of heaven and earth. Oh, come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. In the name of Jesus, don't look around. Come on, don't look around. Don't look around. Don't look around. Look to Him. Look to Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith who for the joy that was set before him uh, endured the cross despising the shame uh, and is set down at the right hand uh, of the father on high oh yeah it's here right now it's here right now reach over put a hand on somebody nearby you there and i want you to begin to pray right now god open their eyes god give them a revelation God, give them an understanding. I pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, uh, that there would be a moving in the house of the Lord this morning. Come on, pray for your neighbor. Pray for your neighbor. Come on, quit letting Jesus be what somebody else told you he was. And let God be God in your life. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. See him moving. Come on, backslider. Come on, saint of God, reach for him right now. There's a moving all across this building. In Jesus' name. Oh, I command you to be set free right now. In the name of Jesus. He's more. He's more than a carpenter. Come on, let him work, let him work, let him work, let him work. He's here right now. He's here in this place. The way maker is here.
Oh, hallelujah. The heart mender is here. The peace speaker is here. Oh, hallelujah. He'll make a way when there is no way. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, open your heart and let him move. Open your heart and let him move. In the mighty name of Jesus, oh God, work, Lord, in this place. Would you work, Lord, in this place? Oh, hallelujah. Would you turn him loose? Would you raise your perception of him? Would you magnify the Lord? Would you make him bigger in your heart? In the name of Jesus, oh God, would you let God be God? He's on the throne. He's on the throne. in this place right now somebody's perception of God is about to go higher than it's ever been your faith you're about to move from faith to faith your faith is about to increase oh hallelujah come on turn him loose turn him loose don't be that one that Jesus said I wanted to do it but I couldn't do it because of their unbelief. Yeah, pray for somebody. Pray for somebody. Pray for somebody. Woo! Yes, Lord! 